In the spring of 2021, Mickey Weems was diagnosed with stage 4 prostate cancer and was given 6 to 12 months to live. This episode was recorded in June of 2022. My name is Donna Blanchard. While we recognize that Mickey is dying, we'd like to welcome you to another day of his life. Welcome, Mickey Weems. Aloha, everybody. Aloha. How are you feeling today, physically? Um, I found out some news that uh, some parts of my lungs, the bronchial tubes are getting clogged. So I've been feeling, I've been wheezing. I can hear myself breathe sometimes. And so I, I talked to one of my friends who's a doctor and he said, that's, that's not unusual with the cancer I have. So um, he said, do you have a fever? Anything else? I said, no. So he said, don't worry about it. And okay. I said, okay, is, is this going to eventually become a problem? He says, well, you have your pickup problems. <laughs> it could be your lungs. It could be your lymph nodes, you know, your um, um, urinary tract, your kidneys, any one of these things, when they go, that will kill you. And I started laughing. And he started laughing because I said, you know, I, I have options. This is like a menu, right? <laughs> or was, there's a horse race. Which one's going to come first? So um, it's, for some reason, it struck me as hilarious, um, which may tell you something about the way I think. <laughs> is it uh, the, your bronchial tubes? Is it the cancer getting in there or is it just affecting it some other way? We know the cancer's there. They can see it but it's not there to the degree that it should be causing problems. Mm-hmm. But apparently it's, it's, it's becoming noticeable. And so my biggest fear was that, well, oh my God, do I have COVID? As everybody has, you know, the, the, the right thing. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Especially right now. And I took the test and I do not. So it's obviously something that has to do with just the general, my general condition, which is nice <laughs> because I'd rather be that than be COVID. I've already had COVID. That was that, that little rodeo wasn't fun at all. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of glad that um, it's not that. It's not that. Uh, um, but if uh, in the times when I've had a, a bronchial infection, it cuts down on the oxygen you're able to right. absorb and it's very tiring. Have you noticed a difference in your energy level? I am so spent today. I've taken a whole bunch of naps um, and I'm exhausted but um, I did get a lift in. And one of the reasons why I may be exhausted was I changed the way that I lifted uh, because I have got to make myself more buff. I've got to, I've got to increase my muscle mass. Uh, you're pretty muscular uh, as it is. Not um, good enough. Not. <laughs> <laughs> have you always felt like it's not good enough or is this new? Is, is this typical for people of my ilk? Uh, bodybuilders, we're never happy because there's always there's always somebody bigger that we're comparing ourselves to. And we compare ourselves to everybody we walk by. Don't fool yourselves. Mm. If a bodybuilder is there, your bodybuilder is judging everybody, including you. Because we just we just do that. But we don't. The thing is, you've got to do it in a way that you, you're not a jerk. Um, yes, you're judging bodies, but um, there's always going to be somebody bigger than me. So you've got, you know, you've got, you got to keep a balance on that. And you also don't want to use it as a, as something to hit people over the head with. Um, but yeah, if, if you're, well, I shouldn't say we judge everybody. We judge every other bodybuilder. Mm. Yeah. For example, I'm not judging you and James and Susan because you all, you, you all are not in that tribe. 
Um, but if you were, I'd, I'd, I'd be looking to go, hmm, hmm, strong there, or there's a weakness, you know, um, really, really nice pecs, but your calves are small. Actually, that's me. Oh. <laughs> I got those <laughs> tiny calves. Um, so uh, one of my friends, for some reason at the gym I was going to when I was living in Columbus, Ohio, um, people started, but my bodybuilder friends started calling guys who didn't lift, started calling them sticks. Now, look at that stick. Mm. So I got kind of angry at my one, my one uh, weightlifting buddy. And I looked at him and I said, Jesus was a stick. And he goes, <laughs> no way, dude. Jesus could bench 500 pounds. He started laughing because he understood the humor of it. Right? <laughs> but yeah, you got, you got, you got to watch yourself that, that you do not judge. Yeah, so let me rephrase that. Bodybuilders do not judge everybody around. What well, We look because every, everybody looks at each other's bodies. You know, that's. Well, you're working on specific muscles so you know what what exercise goes along with having a muscle bulge that, you know, you're just looking at it differently. I look yeah. at, um, uh, I, I listen to vocalists probably different than non-singers do. I mm -hmm. definitely watch plays and films with a, with a different eye. So that, that makes total sense when you make a goal, is it a weight amount or is it a measurement? Beauty. So like, are you going to work on your calves? <laughs> You're going to wear sweatpants. <laughs> okay. The calves, the calves are beyond hope. The, the cat, the calves are a lost cause. Um, so I'm not even going to worry about them. Um, but the reason why is because I have a photo shoot coming and I can explain what that's all about. Yeah, it's all about, about beauty. It. I had the great idea of accessorizing my cancer when I go out to the club dancing. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take some turquoise glitter that you can apply, you know, the glitter makeup. And I'm going to have a friend of mine put it on the mid to lower part of my spine, right along the spinal column to represent the cancer there. And I'm also going to put it on my sternum to represent the cancer there. And so when I'm dancing around shirtless, people are going to see that. Um, when I thought about it, I thought, wouldn't that be a good, also good photo shoot? And instead of using turquoise, using either gold or yellow to represent the lilies that I imagine the cancer to be. And, um, that, but that shot is going to be a nude shot from the back because the cancer goes all the way from my mid spine down to my tailbone. So if I'm going to represent that, I'm going to have to show my ass literally, um, then I'm okay with that, uh, but I want to be in really, really good shape. The um, front side will not be a full frontal. It'll be, it'll be right down to um, moment of truth, but no further, uh, because it'll, it'll, it'll represent the bladder and the prostate as well as the sternum, some of the ribs, and maybe even uh, along the, um, my abdomen, um, the, um, the spinal cord, because the spinal cord, of course, is right there too, you know, on the other side. Um, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Uh, do a photo shoot with it with a, a dear friend of mine who um, I trust will do a really good job with it. And we will have it available for the people of the podcast to look at. I'm so excited about that. I think that is absolutely inspired and I'm so looking forward to seeing them. And I love photos that only go to the moment of truth. <laughs> when I was in college, <laughs> Playgirl was invented, <laughs> the, mm. that magazine. And I remember looking at an issue with one of my friends and thinking, you know, when we were young enough that 
we hadn't seen much penis at all. So that was interesting. But I've always thought even back then, when I was full of hormones running amok, I still thought the the structure of a man's body just up above the waterworks mm -hmm. is just the a waterworks. thing of beauty. <laughs> um, uh, now, I, I should also tell our dear listeners that because I am a bodybuilder, I'm going to be judging the 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 hell out of myself. I'm going to be saying, "Oh, look at you! You know, you're you're not so good in this. You know, you could do better. Your skin is wrinkly. Any number of other things I'm going to find fault with, and I'm going to get over myself because I, I want the truth of, of of my body to be there, the faults as well as the the strengths of it. Mm -hmm. So, um, because I think that's beautiful in itself. I remember being in Kenya one time, and there was an old woman who had the biggest load of grass on her back it was huge. It was like three times her size. It looked like and she was walking along with it. And she, when uh, people carry stuff in Kenya at that time, I don't know if they still do it now, but this was in, this was in um, the early nineties. Um, they'll wear a strap around their head and it goes back around whatever it is that they're carrying. She had that. And she looked at me and I looked at her and she smiled and she was missing a few teeth. And I thought, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Huh. Because when she smiled, she was, she was beatific. She was gorgeous. She had that big old load and she wasn't complaining at all about it. She was happily walking along. Maybe it was going to feed her favorite animals, you know, her, her, her cows and stuff. Because in, in huge parts of Kenya, the people are cattle people. So, um, I, I've never forgotten that because I thought in, in our standard understanding of beauty, nobody would have appreciated her. And I just said, I just thought to myself, that's such a shame because here's this, this woman is gorgeous. Well, I think, um, uh, and I, I follow a question about uh, your, your weightlifting. Um, and then I, I want to talk about your travels, but I, uh, I think that the like, even Vogue magazine recognizes one of those, you know, you see, maybe it's not their model, but you'll see artwork with one of those beautiful old faces with a smile that looks like someone just pulled back curtains, you yeah. know, and every wrinkle yeah. on their face just makes them even more beautiful. That's the beauty of it. Yeah. I'm just looking at the woman and she, she looks, she looks you know, she's elderly and just, I, 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 I was smitten. Hmm. Um, she sounds but, lovely. <laughs> she, she was lovely, but there, there was also something I wanted to add. Um, um, please forgive me if I make a weightlifter sound like arrogant jerks, because a lot of times we are. <laughs> um, but it doesn't mean necessarily that we are. But whenever we see each other, we are checking each other out. Yeah, and we try not to be obvious about it. But if you catch another weightlifter looking at you, what you do is you kind of like give them a little nod. Hey, what's up? And they go, Yeah, what's up? Because <laughs> we know we do it, okay? Well, because we're constantly doing it to ourselves, so we're always yeah. judging ourselves with everybody else around us. I and I, I don't think that's being a jerk. I think it's totally normal. Like a singer listens to other singers yeah. differently than a non-singer. Guys on their motorcycles, you know, are always checking out the other guys' bikes. Mm -hmm. That that that's normal. That's something you're passionate about, so you're going to be you're thinking about it differently. So, yeah. Uh, and, mm -hmm. Oh, so so when you uh, you have your your goal is beauty, you want to be ready for your for your photo shoot. Do um, 
I want to give you guys my best. Are you diligent every day while you're doing this or do you let you give yourself time to heal? Um, diligent. I'm, I'm talking to a friend of mine who's a trainer. He's helping me up my game. Uh, by the way, I wanted to tell uh, my, my dear listeners who have cancer, um, it, it, this could strike somebody as being inappropriate, the beautification of the cancer. And if, if somebody were to take offense with it, and they were to come up to me and say, Mickey, I can't believe you're doing this. This is so wrong. Um, how can you beautify? How can you claim to beautify something which, which is so ugly, which, which tears my life apart? And this is what I'll say to them. I'll say, I am so sorry that I offended you. Please forgive me. I'm not going to fight another person with cancer on anything. I'm not going to judge them on anything. That's not what I'm here to do. I'm here to support us as much as I possibly can. My self-expression is something I'm kind of driven to do. I don't know if that makes sense. But, you know, if somebody, if somebody says this is inappropriate, you know, that, that, that you have hurt me in doing this, that, that, you know, then I will say, I'll, I'll just ask for their forgiveness. I hope that, and I think that, that, that's a good way to go. I would hope that anybody listening who, I, I would hope that anyone who hasn't thought about it the way that you do can accept that this is a different frame that you are putting around your story and it's an option yeah and i'm gay so the glitter thing makes perfect sense and and you're gay so (laughs) So, well i remember seeing uh there was i forget which magazine they showed women with mastectomies and one of the women one of the women had uh tattoos all across her chest where the mastectomy was and I, it took my breath away. I said, oh, my God, she has beautified the pain and suffering she has gone through. And I just said, I, I couldn't stop looking at just how gorgeous it was, what she had done. And I was just in complete awe. And maybe that's been the inspiration. I didn't think about it till like, um, like about an hour ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember that, that I'd seen that photo shoot. So maybe, maybe, maybe I'm doing my own version of what I saw her do. Yeah, there's a tattoo artist who's famous for <laughs> doing that, that I think worked uh, initially in recreating Oriola and nipple for uh, women who um, had to have those removed. And then eventually started doing tattoos that celebrated the canvas they now have. You know, rather than try to make it look like what it isn't. Yeah, maybe that is where you get it. It's a beautiful place to get inspiration. Let's, um, so while you're working on your beautification, do you have days that you cheat or are you just 100% nose to the grindstone? Nose to the grindstone. Okay. That's what I thought would be your answer, but I just wanted to make sure we clarified that. Sure. Um. Okay, so you talked about Kenya. Let's talk about uh, you grew up in a military family, so you had movement travel um, in in your life at a young age, yes? Right. Constantly being uprooted. 
So some would, some would put a frame around that, that they don't have the security and stability of being in one place, but it looks like you used it as um, you learned that you can, you don't have to be in one spot. Uh, When was the first time you traveled? Was there uh, an initial trip that you said, yes, I want to do a lot more of this? Um, I knew I wanted to go around the world. So the first thing I did was I did a test run. I went to Costa Rica. That was a very good trip. Flew into into San Jose and went to both coasts, which which is very safe in Costa Rica. It was a good place to start. Um, On the East Coast, I saw uh, lots of vultures on the beach, which I found interesting. On the West Coast, I was there when um, the, what do you call them, the, the leatherback turtles, turtles were, had come to the shore and were laying their eggs. So one moonlit night, I'm walking around, I'm seeing what I thought were boulders, but they were actually turtles. So that was, that was, that, that has stuck in my mind, that image. Um, in order to get to them, I had to swim through an estuary, which I was told was shark infested. But, eh, you know, I wanted to see what I wanted to see. So I did uh, see what else did I see in Costa? There's so much to see in Costa Rica, but I wasn't there for that long. That was pretty much the gist of it. A little bit of walking through the rainforest. Um, not, not anything major. And I didn't get to the, go to the volcanoes or anything. But that, that, that definitely whetted the appetite. Mm-hmm. And when I went around the world, I knew that I wanted to do that because I was eventually going to go to Brazil multiple times to study Condomble. I had already made up my mind about that. The African religion that exists in this, mainly in the state of Bahia and Brazil on the, on, the, on the coast. You know, it sounds like that travel has just prepared you so very well for where you are in life now. You know, I feel like you haven't left a song unsung. Do you have a song that you haven't, that you've left unsung? Well, I think we might've talked about that before. I don't have a bucket list because I've already done pretty much everything I wanted to do. Um, What I have is a Kuleana list, obligations. And so that's what I'm working on now. This podcast is part of that. The photo shoot is part of that. The comic book is part of that. All of that are, you know, if, if I'm going to have a legacy, I want to make my legacy relevant. I want to make it beautiful. So that's pretty much where I'm at right now. And traveling around the world allowed me to understand what beauty is in ways that I normally couldn't. I went to Paris. In my mind, the most beautiful city I've ever been to. Stunningly beautiful, just on so many levels. Um, I heard oh, wait, there's uh, a lot of garbage. I heard now, uh, correct me. I've heard that there's more garbage than we're accustomed to seeing and uh, not necessarily great smells. Um, I've heard it's that way in the summertime, but I wasn't there during the summer. Ah, uh, okay. So when I was there, it was, it was crisp. The train system is really good. If you are a traveler like myself, you can sleep in the train station. So there's all kinds of people in their sleeping bags, sleeping on the train station floor, and I joined them. 
um, went to Ireland from uh, from uh, what is it um, the uh, coastal town on France that that, that has a, a ferry boat that goes to um, the Irish coast. I forget mm. the name of the town, but if I named it, you would know exactly which one I'm talking about. Um, I went up to Germany to visit some friends, went to a Depeche Mode concert in Strasbourg. <gasps> ah, they're still keeping themselves relevant, aren't they? Yes, they are. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, went awesome. to Wexford. Yeah, yeah, they are. It was a great concert. Um, afterwards, we went to the town of Bitch in France for a wedding party with the most food I have ever seen in my life. But the, the, it was it was it was like, it was as if French cuisine had been put on display for me, like you know, it looked like fifty different kinds of cheese, all these different kinds of wine, um, food, 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 food after food on on tables, two very long tables, and we were we just showed up because somebody knew somebody at the wedding party, and they said, "Bring all of your friends." <laughs> that was absolutely wonderful. Amazing. Um, Took, took the ferry boat into Wexford, which I didn't know at the time was where my people came from in Ireland. Oh. Did you find out while you were there? I did not. Somehow. I found out oh. later on. I wish I'd known, but now at least I can say that I've been there. Went up to Dublin, which is a charming city in itself. Then went back down. Oh, went and went. Yeah, we, we sailed, sailed out of Calais. That was the place in France. And went up to Wexford, went back from Wexford to Calais again. And then from Calais went, because I had a Eurail pass for two months. And if you go to, if you go to Europe, the Eurail pass, at least then, was absolutely wonderful. When you could go pretty much anywhere from, you know, I guess from Denmark all the way down to Spain. I'm not sure if Denmark is part of that, part of that union, but I think it is. I, you know, I, we just have a about a minute left here i um while you're saying all of this i'm thinking geez donna you should travel you never know when you're gonna get a diagnosis that's gonna make mm -hmm. me think i should have traveled while i could that's what i'm i'm happy that you did <laughs> and also i think maybe the rest of us should all be thinking about what song are we leaving unsung mm -hmm. what should what should we do um uh so just uh real quickly when did you that amazing trip what year was that that was 1990 because oh. i think 1990 was the year of the first gulf war right yes when saddam hussein invaded uh kuwait yeah yep, that's when that's when i was traveling okay all right we've got to wrap up but we're going to come back to your travels in other episodes okay. thanks mickey nice talking to you same here <laughs> bye I'm Donna Blanchard. James Charisma is our producer. Susan Wright is our content advisor, PR agent, and support team member. Music generously donated by Kainani Kahaunaele from her Hoku Award-winning album, Waipunale. We're all here to support our friend Mickey and help him help all of us to learn about living while dying.